0: On this episode of the Trade Busters Podcast, we're gonna be talking about the Trinity trading system and the first part which I'm calling the Theta Engine. As always, just a quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as investment advice. Now, what is the Trinity system? This is something big that honestly um not necessarily something i've been working on recently but really this is the culmination of everything that i've been working on the last you know half a year a few months and it really represents a fundamental shift in the way i approach trading um, and investment so uh, some of you may have known you know a reason i haven't done a an episode in a little while is because i've been working on uh, a hedging strategy to sort of supplement what i've been doing with the with the forty-five plus and the bomb shelter, uh, doing a lot of testing, basically working around the clock. And I, I think I've almost got something. Well, I've, I finalized it, but I need to kind of get the information tidy and put together so I can do an episode on that. But essentially, the Trinity system is meant to be an all-inclusive system that provides an income strategy, uh, sort of the base you know, profit generator. It has the bomb shelter hedge, which you guys are familiar with, and then the third piece, which is the yet to be named um, kind of supplemental hedge that I've been working on. And what is the Theta engine? The Theta engine actually is, in fact, what I am now calling the 45 DTE or the 45 plus DTE strategy, and why the name change this is really again a a sort of a rebranding and and again just a fundamental shift in the mindset of how i view this entire strategy and i'll get to that in a second and i mentioned the the bomb shelter is part two and then the yet to be named hedging system is gonna be part three and these are meant to be three pieces that go together to form a full comprehensive trading system um yet at the same time you know the bomb shelter and the the hedging system that i'm going to introduce in a later episode those are optional you know they're meant to be complementary and used together but again they're, they're optional and the core kind of driver of profits is meant to be the theta engine right and if you think about it you know i've taken you guys through the last few months starting with the 45 dte to 60 to 90 to 120 i've done various profit targets i've done you know, a a cap on the days in trade. Then there was a no cap, and what I realized is all of this, these little parameters, they're just sort of adjusting uh, the quality and behavior of the and sort of the equity path of the strategy. But at the end of the day, what is the goal of all this, right? It's it's just to make money. It's to make profits, you know. And so right now. Uh, Just for your information, uh, I'm currently running the base data engine at, you know, the 90 DTE 60% max profit configuration with no maximum cap on the position, the book size, so to speak, right? No DIT hard cutoff. And why is that? Because, you know, for one, we did a lot of back testing, and having no cap means you're not cutting off trades early, which actually maximizes the premium capture rate. You'll see on the, the 45 DT page, which I'll probably rename soon, um, but the capital efficiency study shows that you get a pretty high PCR, I think it was like the 27-28%. And something I've noticed when I'm trading this, you know, things people talk about, you know, managing the book size. And yes, it's true, if you have a higher book size, you have more value at risk, you're gonna have, you know, um, a bigger potential loss if you get the so-called book wipe or nuke risk. But something to think about is that, you know, if you have a lot of positions on, they're going to be at different maturities, right? So you you start at 90DTE, and let's just say you carry a position 30 days. You know, 30 days, um, remember, you can only put on a position once every, you know, five days a week. So 30 days, you're going to be basically having, you know, 21 positions, so they're not all going to be at the same maturity. There's going to be one at 90 DTE. The original one's could now going to be at 60 because it's 30 days later. You're putting on a fresh position. And so they're all going to behave slightly differently. Obviously, the correlated, but the Greeks, the amount of decay, the theta, the delta, the gamma, they're all going to be behaving slightly differently. And really what you have is just a, a suite or a book that's generating theta, right? And the idea is, when we hit a stop, you know, it cuts off a position. Yes, you take a loss, but really what you're doing is you're just adjusting the delta, right? Because the delta probably grew too high on that position and got stopped. And so you're just cutting the exposure, right? So the whole point with using the stops and the profit take, these are just little tweaks that automatically sort of maintain your overall position exposure and risk, right? Because Now, people talk about, uh, you know, and myself too. Originally, I liked the shorter DTE because you can hit, you know, with the 50% max profit, you can turn things around in 10 days or less, right? Um, And then we pushed this 60% max profit because I I realized you get a little bit more juice. The risk-reward ratio is a little bit better, although you extend the time and trade a little bit. Um, But there was this sort of obsession with keeping the book size small and having less positions or taking winners, Right. But what I realized is this is a long-term, you know, campaign style trade, right? The point is to put on a trade every single day or every couple days or every week or whatever frequency you've determined using the risk calculator, depending on, you know, the credit targets and everything. But, you know, what I realized is I don't really even look at this as trading anymore, right? We're not like looking for opportunities and trying to find different strategies or different trades and and taking a profit and trying to recycle the capital. I mean, we are trying to recycle the capital, but the whole idea of even taking a profit, right, closing a trade and being able to put a winner on the trade log, that really, if you think about it, it's just mental accounting, right? Because we're going to put on another trade, right? Think about it. If you have no positions, you have no theta. No theta is no money, no profits, right? We are, in fact, building a theta engine, right? So the... Different DTEs you pick, right? That it, that is going to um, impact the gamma of the positions. So if you use higher DTE with the same number of positions, it's going to move a little slower for and against you, right? And the theta, of course, is going to behave a little differently. You are, you obviously get higher theta at lower DTE, but higher gamma. <laughs> we all know that trade-off. That's the thing that Tasty Trade teaches us right from the beginning, right? and um, with the different profit target that's going to affect your time and trade slightly, which is true, which means bigger book size. But there's one thing that, if you guys have been following me, this is sort of the key piece that you need to keep in mind and why I move it to a higher delta, for example. With the higher delta, right, and the higher uh, profit target, and even the 90 DTE, when you capture more premium, right, because our entire credit target this entire idea of using your target return to back out to the premium capture rate to figure out your credit target that is anchored to a, a single point which is your return target which flows all back to the credit target so for the same credit target right if your pcr is higher you're going to be able to sell less premium because you're capturing more of it to hit your same return target right so if you do something to lower the pcr even if it means you have a smaller book size or lower, less time in trade, lower PCR means for the same credit target, you for the same return target you have to sell more premium because your PCR is lower. So that's kind of one wrinkle that you really have to be aware of um, and I'm not saying higher PCR is always the best, but there's just a lot of things to balance, right? The PCR affects the book size, affects how much premium if to sell. The DIT affects the maximum and the average, or the average book size, and even the idea of having the book size, right? Letting it grow. So, you, know, you guys know that I put out the episodes that say, you know, risk is uh, determined for these purposes by credit. Credit is a proxy for risk. And so I've lived in risk calculator. I say, depending on the average book size, you have a certain credit target. It's gonna translate to a value at risk on average. And I put some arbitrary book sizes so you can keep tabs on it. Um, And the value at risk translate to, in the worst case, a level one book wipe. What does that mean in terms of loss? And so what I really encourage you to do, right, is on your, obviously you should keep a trade log, but for example, on my spreadsheet, I have something where I just add up all the credits for my positions that I have live. And this spits out, this is my value at risk. And I have a thing that says, this is my book wipe risk, right? It's just value at risk times two. So you, you can set it up in Excel in such a way as, as your position in your book size grows, you can you can monitor your value at risk. You can, val- you can monitor your risk, right? And you can determine now, if you absolutely have to and you're looking at that level one risk and it's too high and it's unacceptable, then yes, prune the book, right? If you must. Okay? At the end of the day, managing risk is important. But you have to basically um, recognize that this is sort of a fluid situation, right? So I don't have that arbitrary DIT cap anymore because I, I do want to extract that maximum premium, right? The higher PCR, right? So this whole idea that... You know, when I realized this, I don't even care about (laughs) closing trades anymore because if you close one, you're going to open another like in, in, you know, and give you an example like the, let's say mid-September or, you know, uh, so today is October 19, 2021. But in the September, mid-September, we had sort of this market grind down situation where we had a lot of positions where you put on, they're kind of going underwater. It took a long time um, and, and you weren't hitting the profit targets on time and then so as my position grew you know IV was really high so theta was high of course our negative vega was high too which is you know risk right and we had more delta and then all of a sudden we had this huge run up the last week and i hit a bunch of profit targets right and in fact i took a bunch of positions off and now all of my remaining positions are close to their 50%, 60% profit target. And I noticed the theta is so low because we basically had, it just coincidence that that move up sucked all the premium out of them, right? So that now the theta is low and I mean, which is fine. I'm not going to do anything different, but you just have to recognize that this is a living, breathing thing. This the, the theta engine, that's the core of your profit generator, right? And in the following episodes, I'm talking about sort of the, Of course, you guys know the bomb shelter is sort of the tail risk hedge if you believe there's that nuke risk, but that's an optional add-on, right? And there's a certain drag associated with that. And I'll I'll do an updated episode on that. And then, of course, the the, the hedge that I've been working on, that's another supplemental piece. But this is, you know, this is your engine, the theta engine. And so what the mindset shift fundamentally is you are just – adjusting right and i've tried to make it so the mechanics right (laughs) which isn't really that much to it it's you know the bracket order the 2x stop loss or the 60 percent profit target they just are little automatic adjustments you're in fact adjusting your exposure so on the one hand don't be so obsessed with hitting a profit target you know I, i know some people say and, and i get it if you're new to this you're uncomfortable you want to see some winners just to get comfortable and i've seen people think i took a 40 percent profit because i just want to get something on board i mean that's fine but just know that in the long run you want to let the numbers play out and let everything fall as they should right the only time i might close early is if it's the end of the day and i'm at like 59 percent. it's like 10 cents away and i just don't want to why hold the gappers for that last person? I mean, that's okay. Even then, I sometimes don't even bother because again, I recognize that no position, no theta, no theta, no profits, right? This is just a a long-term book that you're maintaining. And again, when you hit a profit target, it's basically because that position had enough premium come out that there's no longer much delta or theta it's not worth the capital holding it right and you're going to add a fresh position and when you hit a stop loss it's basically the book telling you that the delta or the exposure was too much obviously it comes back to controlling volatility you don't want to take bigger losses as well but that's just it it all comes back to just kind of this self-regulating you know thing that you're building and you're just keeping it running right so, and on the flip side, on the stop loss, don't think of it as losing, right? I mean, obviously you have a drawdown and you're, you're going down in your PL for that day or whatever period that is, but, you know, time is on your side, right? As long as you maintain, you're going to add positions, you have theta. Time is on your side. So, you know, don't get too caught up in the idea of the win rate or how many you know things that can book <laughs> because if you think about it, right, booking the profit, moving a position from my open position log to my closed trade log, what is that doing really Insta- in the moment? nothing right? because you know as long as um you have things running, you're getting profits every single day. It's not like all of a sudden you know let's say you book the profit and it's like a five hundred or a thousand dollar win or whatever it is you didn't instantly get that $1000 of profit you were gaining that profit over the last 20 30 days or whatever it took for you to gain that right you had an unrealized profit but it was a profit right so if you have you know this this 20 position book and you're not closing anything well, your PnL still moving you're going to see that time decay right so again that is why I'm basically now calling this core income strategy, the theta engine, and that covers all of everything we've gone through before, you know, the 45, 60, 90 DT, 50% profit, 60% profit, and I'll talk about the delta in a second, Um, but, you know, that's it. And the the configuration you're going to choose specifically depends on what you're trying to get out of it exactly and your comfort level and the risk. And I'll make a note on the delta, why we moved to the higher one. And I've mentioned it in, of course, the bomb shelter episode, which the higher delta gives you more premium per contract. So you can spend 10% on the hedge and, and have less drag. But what I found out is, and this may be partially because on the higher DTE, the gamma's lower and everything, but the win rate really isn't affected that much more at the higher delta, right? You're still seeing like a 85, 90% win rate, even at 15 delta. But at the higher delta, you are getting a lot more premium for each contract, which means what, right? At a fixed credit target, you can do less contracts to get the same credit, less unit risk, less leverage for the same profit. So again, don't get so obsessed. You know, number one, if you think low delta is higher win rate, that, you know, Seems like it's not true anymore based on my research, right? And if you think it's faster or 5 Delta is going to get you out of, you know, hit a profit target earlier, well, maybe. But again, that's sort of misguided because you don't really care about, you know, turning the, the trades over. You just want to have quality positions that are manageable and risk, right? So the higher Delta means less, um, less contracts. And at the ninety DTE, the gamma is very low, right? So rather than three contracts at five delta, I can do one contract at fifteen delta and get that same gamma exposure, sorry, same delta exposure, right? And the gamma is going to be low anyways. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to that. So you are in fact getting more bang for your buck, more capital efficiency. Um, so that's what I'll say about about the delta. And and so again, you know, focus on the long term. This is an income campaign, I mean, it's a regular mechanical kind of persistent ever going kind of thing that you're just going to go day in and day out, right? This is not your usual trading um, and trying to kind of hunt for opportunities and looking for something interesting to trade and put on just because it's high IV or whatever. And one thing I'll, I'll touch on, this is actually, now that I think about it, basically what tasty trade wants to do right and i know they do strangles and there's the, and they also do it with different underlines but you know you've heard say you know tom and tony when they talk about like managing deltas right the adjustment all the rolling they do what is that for it's for adjusting and and, and i think tom says like when you get tested you want to cut a third of the delta right and it's it's just about managing the exposure and they're basically with tasty trade Granted, they do lots of different underlines and different positions, but it's just about managing exposure. They like the strangles because it's delta neutral, but you know we all know it's very hard. It's harder to manage that because the market can move against you both ways. So I just right now I still prefer to use only the the naked puts as the primary driver of theta. Having said that, with this new mindset, you know I may be open to testing strangles with similar mechanics just just to see. And, you know, I'm never opposed to anything per se, but I don't run anything unless I have the numbers to give me the conviction. So just saying, oh, you sell a strangle, you have to call, you have more premium, it's more capital efficient. I mean, I get all that. But until I kind of convince myself that it's something manageable and I can do it methodically the way I I like to, I'm not going to have conviction and run it. So maybe something I'll look into. But anyways, hopefully you guys who have been following me have already... Kind of got a feeling that this is the way of trading this system, right? Uh, and you have this kind of core, you know, book that you're building and you're maintaining, and that's the idea. So, um, in the next few episodes, so I'm gonna probably go and change the name of the pages. It's gonna be called theta Engine and uh, or something with the Trinity system, and I'll have pages to each of the three components. Um, I'll do an updated episode on the, the bomb shelter. And I've, I've I've got through the manual backtesting for most of the years. I have a couple more years I gotta do. So I'll have an episode on that as well. Um, and of course the, I don't wanna keep you guys in suspense too long, but the, the third supplemental hedging piece that I've been working on. Um, and those will be the three pieces of, of the full Trinity trading system. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this episode and can kind of be on board with this fundamental shift in you know the mindset and the approach and kind of the philosophy behind you know this kind of premium selling trading right so anyways let's leave it for today as always if you guys enjoyed this episode please take a moment to rate review and subscribe to the podcast it's available on most of the major platforms including apple Podcasts, google podcast and spotify you can also find more of my content at my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs as well as essays I've written and other podcasts I recommend. Finally, you can follow me on Twitter at The Trade Buster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time.